Taking time to lie down in God's green pasture is a discipline that we, the sheep of God's pasture, must practice. The devil will do everything he can to distract us from prioritizing those quiet times with our Good Shepherd. He will fill our hearts and minds with worry, stress, and anxiety. He will convince us that we are too busy to read our Bible and pray. For that reason, sometimes our Good Shepherd must make us lie down in green pastures. An illness, disappointment, or season of unemployment uh, might be God's way of gently pressuring us to do what He knows is best for us. Lying down and taking the time to nourish our soul by chewing on God's Word while experiencing His reassuring presence. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Hello and welcome to this Friday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. Well, life can be hectic. Between the long commutes, the frantic work weeks, family obligations, church involvement, it's a miracle we ever find time to rest. But God not only wants to give you rest, He wants to give you nourishment for your soul the kind of sustenance that increases your joy level as well as your energy level. Today, Ron takes us to a familiar passage in the book of Psalms where King David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. What does it mean? What does it look like in real life? Stay right here to find out or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From his teaching series, Psalm 23 and Me, Living the Good Life with the Good Shepherd, here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, Rest and Refreshment for the Soul. My first job after college took me to New York City for about six months, where um, I was in training with my new employer at the time. Um, most of you know that uh, I was born and raised nowhere near New York City. I was born and raised in the, in the Hoosier state, the great state of Indiana. And although I didn't grow up on a farm, I, I grew up in a place where um, those, those places that uh, uh, grew knee-high corn by the 4th of July and rows and rows of green beans and all those kinds of crops, not, not far from where our house was. And so for me, uh, not surprisingly, when I got to you know, the Big Apple in New York City, uh, the concrete and steel landscape that it was was sort of intimidating for me. I remember they put us up in some corporate apartments uh, about 10 blocks from headquarters. I, I, I walked those 10 blocks from my Murray Hill apartment all the way to Midtown Manhattan where this skyscraper was that I reported for sales training uh, for the time that I was there. Along the way, I passed through Grand Central Station. I suppose I could have gone around it, but it was quicker to just go through Grand Central Station, and it is appropriately named. It is a grand and central place where a lot of people you know, are, are moving here and there, waves of humanity jumping on and off trains. And I was afraid at times of getting swept up into that humanity and onto a train and ending up in a place 
Well, Ron just got lost, you know, uh, worried about uh, that sort of thing. I soon found it difficult to rest, just to find rest in um, a busy, busy place where rush hour seemed to last for 24 hours. I longed for a patch of green grass, which made trips to uh, Central Park and necessity on the weekends just to get a little, little bit of green grass there. Words like busy and noisy and chaotic described my Monday through Friday you know, experience in a place in this, this big city on the East Coast that Frank Sinatra said never sleeps. And he was right. I don't think the place ever goes to sleep. And it made it even more difficult for me to find rest in that place. Now, not everybody chooses to live in a big city like New York or Chicago or even Houston. Houston is the third largest city in the country. I lived there on and off for 14 years. It has its own chaotic pace. Or maybe Los Angeles. I mean, these are some big American cities. Millions of people live in those places, but not everybody does. However, according to a recent U.S. census, I found it interesting that 57 million Americans live in rural places. That means that 274 million Americans live in urban places near big cities, which is probably why the sheep and shepherd imagery of the Bible is hard for us to identify with. Uh, most of us, um, where we live, we're more likely to see a freeway than a green pasture. We're more likely to... Uh, you know, find a still water in the pool in the backyard or the jacuzzi than the kind that is described in Psalm 23. These days, if we want to find a quiet place, we travel there. We leave the big city and go to a quieter place where we can escape the rat race and cast off anxiety and fear, find rest, experience some real relaxation. Our souls and our spirits are disturbed and disquieted. And maybe we don't even realize it because we've gotten used to this sort of um, low level of noise and chaos. And we say it's just part of life. And so the rolling green pastures and the still waters of Psalm 23 become even more uh, foreign to us, even though uh, we yearn for our good shepherd to take us to these refreshing places and a place where we can, you know, find rest for our souls. Thankfully, that's what he does. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters, David says, after he wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I want us to allow our minds to kind of venture into these serene places and cast off the anxiety and the fear and the uh, chaoticness of our lives and, and, and travel back in time if we need to. What is true of sheep is true of us because we are the sheep of God's pasture. That doesn't mean we are sheep. There's an analogy here. We are like sheep. Uh, God did not compare us, as we've been saying, to saber-toothed tigers and cheetahs, but to sheep. And we are like those sheep. In what way, you ask? Well, we need our good shepherd to make us lie down in green pastures. We need our good shepherd to lead us beside still waters. If for no other reason, the, the chaotic world in which we live has produced in us a disquieted uh, spirit. 
and one that yearns for rest. Let's begin in the green pastures. You want to start there? David says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, because sheep frequently need rest and nutrition, shepherds are always looking for a lush green pasture. That's part of their job duty, to find that out and to scout that out for their sheep. Not any old pasture, pasture will do. In fact, some landscapes are full of rocks and weeds and thistles. Uh, some are left brown and barren by herds of goats that have already chewed up the green, succulent vegetation there. When shepherds find a, a green pasture that's uh, full of vegetation, uh, they return to it often for the benefit of their flock. Now, sheep, while they're eating, they eat while standing up, uh, standing up on their four woolly legs there. And after eating themselves full, they lie down to chew their cud. Sheep are part of that group of mammals like uh, cattle and deer and buffalo and giraffes and others that have multiple chambers in their stomachs. And they slowly chew their partially digested food and they do this repeatedly. They regurgitate and rechew it and they swallow it again. I know it sounds gross, especially right before lunch, but that's how God made them. That's how God made them. Chewing the cud can take hours as sheep extract every healthy nutrient from the green vegetation that they eat. And that's why they lie down. They lie down to chew the cud. But here's the problem. Sheep will only lie down if they are free of fear and anxiety. And the shepherd knows this. He also knows that they're easily disturbed. If one member of the flock runs scared, the rest will follow. If a jackrabbit scampers through the pasture, it kind of freaks out the flock. And it makes it difficult for them to lie down and chew the cud. So you know what the shepherd does? He gently takes his hand and he places it on the sheep's back and with a little bit of pressure makes the sheep lie down. And his presence reassures the sheep and they begin you know, to chew the cud. Now, there are wonderful parallels here in the Christian life. In the Christian life, meditating on God's word, I believe, is best illustrated by animals like sheep who chew the cud. I'm reminded of uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Remember Moses had died and Joshua, his sidekick for all those years and this military commander, he was God's chosen leader to take the Hebrew people across the Jordan River and into the promised land. And do you remember what the Lord said on the front end of that in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8? Listen to this. This book of the law, Joshua, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it. Day and night, chew the cud, uh, Joshua. Meditate upon it. Uh, chew it and extract every uh, spiritual nutrient you can get from my book. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Christian meditation I, I think some of that is pictured in this, he makes me lie down in the green pastures of God's word so I can chew uh, the cud. Now, Christian meditation is all about renewing our minds with God's truth. 
uh, chewing on it until we extract every spiritual nutrient of divine wisdom and allowing God's word to nourish our soul deeply. Uh, it's, it's about uh, hungering after righteousness and uh, feeding our hungry souls with good green pasture, the good green pasture of God's word. That's Christian meditation. Of course, Eastern meditation in the Eastern religions is exactly the opposite of that. If, if Christian meditation is about renewing our minds and filling our minds with God's word, Eastern meditation is about emptying the mind. Completely opposite. I know sometimes you know, Christians get a little bit nervous about the idea of practicing meditation. No, not in a, a, a Buddhist or Hindu kind of way, but in a Joshua 1 and verse 8 kind of way. Meditate on my word day and night, Joshua. Chew the cud. Take some time to nourish yourself on my good green grass. Think about it. God wants to renew and refill what the devil wants to empty. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Rest and Refreshment for the Soul. In case you're new to the program, we'd like you to know that we archive all of Ron's messages at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, use the Partner tab at the top of the homepage and check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron so that he can share the good news of Jesus Christ with a growing audience. Join the 828 Club from our website or call us at 757-276-1099. That's 757-276-1099. Satan will do everything in his power to drain your energy and your joy. He wants to make sure you run out of gas. But God has a filling station, and it's always open. Here's Ron with the second half of today's Something Good radio message, Rest and Refreshment for the Soul. Now, taking time to lie down in God's green pasture is a discipline that uh, we, the sheep of God's pasture, must practice. But it's not easy to do. Why? Because we have an enemy called the devil who prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the devil will do everything he can to distract us from prioritizing those quiet times with our good shepherd. He will fill our hearts and minds with worry and stress and anxiety. So it's hard for us to lie down in those green pastures. He will convince us that we're too busy to read our Bible and pray today. And that life is too chaotic to lie down and rest in the Almighty's everlasting arms. And for that reason, sometimes our good shepherd must, listen to this, he must make us lie down in green pastures. How does he do that? Well, it might be an illness. It might be a season of unemployment. It might be a disappointment that makes you take three steps backwards and just pause and reflect and take time to kind of figure out what's going on here. Uh, Our good shepherd uh, knows what we need and gently pressuring us to do what he knows is best for us. Well, sometimes he, he, he takes measures like that because he's a good shepherd. He wants us to lie down and take time to nourish our soul by chewing on God's word and all the while experiencing his reassuring presence. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
Because sometimes I don't even know what's best for me. And I'm at a pace and in a place that's not nourishing my soul. Hold your place here in Psalm 23 and let's go to Ezekiel chapter 34. I've said at the start of this series that the shepherd and shepherding imagery is all throughout the Bible. And no, let's resist the urge to update it and call, you know, the Lord our good CEO. No, he's a good shepherd. Ezekiel 34, beginning in verse 14, the Lord says through the prophet Ezekiel, I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my people, my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord. Yeah, sometimes he, he just needs to gently guide us and force us into a posture that, that benefits us and that feeds our soul. The Lord is our good shepherd who satisfies our need for rest and for nourishment, isn't he? And again, this idea runs throughout the pages of Holy Scripture. For example, when Joshua led the Israelites across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land, there they experienced abundance and victory and, yes, rest. They were to experience rest. The writer of Hebrews says they never entered in fully to God's rest. Why is that? Well, because they didn't always do what he, he told them to do. But it was there for the taking. Also, Jesus had our spiritual rest in mind when he declared, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Remember that commandment that was all about Sabbath rest? Uh, there's, there's a lot to that. And in fact, in the Gospels, Jesus reiterates nine of the Ten Commandments and then the one related to the Sabbath command, he does something a little different with it. Do you remember this? He, he, he healed a man on the Sabbath. And this made the Pharisees and the religious leaders just, you know, their heads spin on their shoulders. And that's when he declared, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. Basically acknowledging, I, I can do with the Sabbath, you know, what I, what I want to do because uh, I created the Sabbath for you. And it was all about entering into uh, his Sabbath rest. He also, Jesus uh, also extended an invitation. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, he says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, this wasn't necessarily an invitation to uh, you know, uh, people who work hard labor. No, in Christ... We rest from the weariness of religion. We rest from anxiety produced by trying harder to please God. Of all the major religions of the world, you know, they're not all the same. They're not all like Christianity. In every other major religion of the world, it's a try harder kind of proposition. Do better. Try harder, do better. Try harder, do better. And hopefully, hopefully Allah will shine His grace upon you. That's the extent of the hope in Islam. But Christianity is not a try-harder religion. Jesus says, come unto me. Come. Come on. All you who are weary and heavy laden, you are weary of religion. Uh, you're weary and, 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 and heavy laden with all the try-harderness. And you realize, no, I, I can't live this thing called the Christian life. I can't, even, I can't even keep all 10 of the commandments on, on any given day 
for any length of time. I, I fall short every time. That's, that's where Jesus comes in. And he, he brings his grace and his kindness to us. In Christ, we rest in the green pasture of his grace and nourish our soul on his, his holy word. You know, Augustine was the one who said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. And that is so true. By the way, that's what I discovered in New York City. Because at that time in my life, just a year or two out of college, I was not exactly rallying around the cross. I wasn't walking with the Lord. I had become one of those sheep that wandered away. And I learned the truth of what Augustine says, that our heart is restless. It's restless until we find our rest in thee. So Jesus says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's our good shepherd who makes us lie down in green pastures. Does life have you exhausted today? Are you beaten up and worn down? Jesus said, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You're listening to Something Good Radio with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, Rest and Refreshment for the Soul, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, take a look at a discipleship coaching experience developed by Dr. Ron Jones called Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Look for Something Good courses at the top of the homepage. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. When you partner with us here at Something Good, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, visit our website, somethinggoodradio.org, and look for the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. 
If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation today, Ron would love to send you his book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volumes 1 and 2 can be yours by request when you invest $50 or more into the media ministry of Something Good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get unlimited access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. For more information, visit somethinggoodradio.org. And I believe that when we get back to these practices, these disciplines we call them in the Christian life, when we allow our shepherd to show us where the green pastures are, to make us lie down on occasion, and to lead us to these still, tranquil, serene waters to hydrate our soul, we'll walk away saying just how good a shepherd he is. And we'll get a little taste of the good life that the good shepherd wants from us. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, Rest and Refreshment for the Soul. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.